Before we start, I really want to apologize for the bad sound quality, but we were recording up a tree and I kind of weirdly think it adds to the whole story of Andy. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I can definitely hear you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. You can see the little lines. Uh, this shit is for real. <laughs> we are up a tree. We are up a tree. Literally up a tree. Welcome to the Sidecast. Well, I'm I'm Andrew or Andy Duncan. I'm Andy Duncan, and I am up a tree. That's not my occupation. My occupation is um, I, I work in advertising as a copywriter at the moment. That's what's happening. Yeah. Where are you from? Oh yeah, that was the third one. Yeah, I'm I'm from uh, below London, a place called Guildford. That's where I grew up. But I got um. I have a kind of Irish mum and a, and a and a kind of an English slash Scottish dad, but he he wants to be more Scottish than he is, so it makes me feel like I'm British more than just English. Um, so I always have like a kind of fun question. Oh yeah. Uh, it's different for everyone. Great. So for you, <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Oh wow, that's that's a very good question. I gotta say, it's been a lot, a lot of them. I mean, I need to take, the, I need to pick the right level of embarrassing because there's probably there's some that no one should ever know about. <laughs> I need to get the ones that are a little bit more family friendly. Not family friendly, but okay. Okay, there's one coming to mind. It's pretty, it's pretty gross. And it's also from when I was very young. Um, well, when I was when I was really young, when I was I, I mean to be fair, I was about uh, f like three or four, five maybe. Um, I was I was afraid to go to I was afraid to uh, to take poos in at school. <laughs> so, um, but then that got me in some you know some real sticky situations where I you know. The body needs to poo sometimes. It just needs to, especially at that age. And so on Wednesdays, the, it was a longer day, and I had to do sport. And then I I got into a habit. I remember it must have lasted about a month. And every Wednesday, I would uh, I would poo myself because I couldn't. I was too afraid to go to the toilet. So you just like poo yourself. I just poo in my pants, <laughs> and then I just stink. Really, I would just be the most stink. I was the stinky kid when it, you know you come back to class after you'd done the sport. And then I was, there was just poop in my pants. That's that's pretty embarrassing, yeah. Okay, we've got we've got invaders um, coming up our tree. Do they not know what this is? This is a highly professional tree interview that they're interrupting. I'm trying to tell, I'm trying to bear my soul about <laughs> pooing myself every Wednesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let's yeah, let's let's continue talking about my 
<laughs> my put my poo my poo Wednesdays. That's what came out. That's you know it's a t it's a tough question. It's a tough question, right? Now everybody's gonna know this. Yeah. Spencer's gonna love this. He loves smoke jokes. He does love poo jokes, yeah. and I, I like that about him. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, I'm I have, I do have a soft spot for just just you know quite immature humor, really, to be quite honest. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about your Side project? Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. It's very new to me anyway. I've been doing it for two years quite in a in a more serious way. But it's 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 clowning and it's uh and it all started through a workshop that I did. It was actually it was like a retreat, it was like a ten day retreat. That was what they, they called it a clowning retreat. And then we just in the middle of Wales and um it was with about 20 kind of actor, performer kind of people and then we, we, all, we had this amazing uh, teacher. Yeah, he's kind of a pretty well-known in the comedy circuit. And he, he just took us through the most brutal and, and like beautiful process of learning about what it is to be a clown in his, in his way. Because I guess clown can be seen in many ways and can be you know, when when you say it, normally it's it's kind of like the red nose thing. People think of that and like circuses. But the way that I learned was, it was is more, uh, it's much like more vast and yeah. It it doesn't have to be so um, like circusy. It can be much more. It's much it's, it's it's much more broadly about just connecting with people, taking them on a journey of of kind of, of of absolute ridiculousness, but making sure that they come on this journey with you. So it, yeah, it kind of just really it really spoke to me, and I was like, my goodness, why why haven't I done this before? So what kind of reactions do you usually? I actually wanted to ask about like the kind of stereotypes that people have about clowning, and like when they hear the word clown. So what kind of reactions have you got like gotten so far? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really say I I, I kind of keep it a little bit of a secret because it feels like it's still something I'm exploring. Although I, I really do, I do love it, and I've I've gone pretty hardcore over the last two years with it. But I still, um, so I kind of I avoid it. I'll just say like I'm doing comedy shows. But really, what I've learned is is clowning. Yeah, because it's a bit yeah, it just gets a bit boring. You're like you know, it's not clowning like circus clowning. It's like a different kind of clowning. So I was explaining that. So I, just, I, I think really it's more. I'm just exploring comedy and like it's more like theatrical comedy, I guess. And like quite physical, visual comedy, not necessarily like stand-up, where you you have these really pre well prepared like one-liners, and it's all it's all very verbal. What I've been doing is much more like there's definitely a lot of you know a lot of verbal stuff that I've been playing with, but it's also hugely visual and 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 quite theatrical in a kind of really naff way. Like it's not like it's it's kind of really lo-fi theater, and then through that you can. You can find a lot of just a lot of comedy, really. So yeah, I think I avoid it. I don't really say like I'm a clown. I would say I'm just like do, doing like some co like some comedy shows, and then I, I might even be like I'm just doing some shows, some some performances, and that way you don't have to like say it's funny because then it's really that's quite scary when you say like this is comedy. Then people have to like they have to laugh, otherwise it's failing. So you just say yeah, I'm doing just doing some shows. Went went do some shows. What's what's kind of like? What's the biggest challenge when you're performing? Um, well, it's it's it's. I mean, it's just the most terrifying thing that um, I've. I mean, I, I've done really. Um, so, it, I mean, you're just putting yourself on the line completely, like your 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 dignity 
and everything you really have to go for it otherwise you will definitely fail and so for it you know for, from like when it has worked for me and when I've had a really good show and then people have really you know you really feel like the audience are with you then it's it's just a matter of like just giving everything and you're very it's very much like the the attitude you go into it with more than maybe you know the material how do how, you know am I really am I you know am I really with them in this room like trying to like figure out what in this moment is funny and I think people respond to that really well if they if you if you know that this person is really like willing to just try, you know go down a complete detour uh, if something happens in the room because I, I guess you get a room full of people together it's like even if you don't have material you'll find a way of I mean, if you, if you have a kind of right attitude, which is like a really playful attitude, then you, you'll hopefully find something to to kind of pursue, like in the room. And then that's that can be that's that's really exciting when that happens. But of course, it's also just so terrifying because it's like really half the time you, you you're going out there like a complete child who's just like a bit clueless or completely clueless, and then you just you you can only make that as apparent as you can. I don't know if I answered your question. I just I was just saying words. <laughs> Been saying a lot of words. <laughs> could you even like, give, like? Could you like try and describe like how it looks like? I'm finding it hard to like understand what it is. Yeah, I can try. I can try. Uh, I mean, yeah, I am. I mean, I can't speak from much experience. I mean, I've done. I've done quite. A, in the last two years, I guess I've gone pretty hardcore. I've done like done two festivals, which have been like 15 shows a time. So it's been. I've, I've managed to like get enough do it enough times to have a bit of an idea um, but um, I guess uh, so the most recent one we were in Australia was doing it and we, we actually it's like a cabaret so well, not a cabaret like a variety show there's like there's five of us and they were, they were other people we met through that that workshop and also through friends of that workshop that I start like I spoke about like the one that started it all um, I was trying all kinds of things as an example I, I, I wanted to be like a kind of spiritual healer and so I, I kind of had this like white cape and a turban on and like and like a kind of very tight white shorts and then I kind of came out and I was like really and I had Enya playing to kind of like create that kind of like new age feel uh, and then I kind of came out and then I but then I really just stared at people for a long time it was really just the way I was looking at them and I was like trying to like really channel the feeling of like I'm here to heal these people even though I've no idea how to do it by just looking at them. And then, you know, sometimes that worked really well. You could just literally look at people. And, and then and then I started playing games with the cape. Like I'd just, like it's really simple stuff. Like I'd hide my face with the cape and I'd like, and I'd like take it out again. And my, you know, my face would be a different face. You know, it's like really childish stuff. <laughs> but if you do it with like full commitment, it was, it would work. It was like, people would really enjoy it. And then, you know, I just I would develop from that and then I had these like cups in like, you know, like those things where you like talk through, um, you make like a telephone with cups, you know, when you're a kid. So I had them, but I had them like in my top. So they kind of look like these weird robotic boobs. And then I'd like reveal them and then I'd like do some bad tricks where like I'd, I'd cover them with my cape and then I'd like take the cape down and then I'd only have one. And then, um, and then people would be like, whoa, bad, bad magic. But um, somehow that was, that was kind of working. Um, and, then, um, and then, you know, I'd get the cup out and I'd give it to one audience member. Then I'd have a talk with them about their problems. And then we'd try and, like, you know, work through their problem. 
uh, and I'd normally just end up by telling them I loved them. And that was the, that kind of like healer character. And then I did all, I just, I was trying different things every night, but you, you, I'd start to like pick up on just like really a really simple routine that I could rely on. But then I'd, I'd very often go down detours and just keep exploring. And I guess it was kind of, it was a really good environment. We kind of set up the show with a kind of atmosphere of like, all right, we're trying things. This isn't a normal comedy show. This is like idiots trying you know, trying to entertain you, but they don't really know what they're doing. When they were on that plane with us, then we could, um, then it would, you know, it was cool. It was like a playground. I was like, I'm this healer character. I'm just going to see what happens. And, you know, I had a lot of fun. Like I did, I managed to like make doves appear with the, t that I had a fan and they would like throw tissues on the fan and then they look like doves. And everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> it was like bad theater. You have to like craft some, something. Yeah, absolutely. You do. I mean, you do, I think, eventually need that because it's just so stressful to not have, a, re a reliable piece of like set of routines but because I'm just starting out like you just got to get out there and do it and then you you can hone it but I think craft a massive part of it yeah I mean even though you're you, but that's the that's what I'm getting trying to get my head around it's very tough in one sense you you want to have like reliable material that you've crafted but on the other side you want that that kind of uh, naivety and that kind of that feeling of not knowing and it also just like spontaneity and that comes through not really knowing what you're doing. So it's like this weird balance of like, all right, I know, you know, I've got this like semi, this kind of like setup of crafted little bits that I've practiced. Uh, you you want to, yeah, you want you want to like, well, even when you're doing it, you want to give the impression that it's it's kind of like really just happening in the moment. It, yeah, but that's what I think that's, that's that's what's really hard with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, from. From my experience, like when you watch a piece of, of comedy or theatre, it's so much more rewarding when it's like, wow, this person, this really feels like he's just making this up right now. Or like, he's really just going, you know, on this weird tangent and you're like with him. So it's like creating that, um, that kind of thing. But maybe, you know, you can kind of, you have to fake it, I guess. But I, I am not even good enough to be able to fake it. Yeah, I just can only just... Uh, just you know, try and be, uh, try and find material uh, with the audience. <laughs> if that another, makes any sense. Uh, I have another question. How did you even like get into this? I think I've always just loved, um, uh, you know, being absurd or like exploring the kind of putting yourself in situations where you you you're really challenging yourself. Like you're really pushing yourself to the the limits of what you can can do, and also. I don't, and also, uh, you know, make, you know, making people laugh and entertaining people is also really fun. But I also, it's kind of a weird, like I have a kind of, I'm trying to figure it out as well, but there's like something inside me that quite enjoys like humiliating myself to some degree, which sounds weird, but there's a weird, like kind of weird kind of pleasure out of just uh, putting yourself in just completely absurd situations. <laughs> it brings me a lot of joy. And I think like, it didn't, Clowning just happened. Yeah, I somehow came across this workshop, and it and it was it just completely like connected me to that side of myself. It was like you're just throwing yourself in the shit, is what they called it. That's where I learned about like that. The teacher there just kept calling it the shit. It's like you got to throw yourself in the shit, and you got to love it. You got to like play in the shit, and the shit is when you just everyone knows it. you're just like, what the hell is this person doing? He's lost. He really doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but he's he's enjoying it. And he's playing in it. He's like playing in the shit. And so the, all that stuff was like, oh my goodness, this is like, this is absolutely beautiful. And it's like 
being an idiot, it's like, it's kind of an art form to being an idiot in a way, if that doesn't sound too pretentious. It's kind of like that. It's kind of the art of being completely stupid and idiotic. Like there's, there is a real craft to it. And now we interrupt this episode to bring you some fake advertising by Andy Duncan. And this is what it would be like if you guys don't support us on patreon.com slash the sidecast. We'll have to start putting shitty ads here. So go support us on Patreon and listen to this ad now. So thanks for listening to uh, uh, Greta's podcast, Sidecast. Uh, listeners, because you, you love listening to me waffle on and meander through sentences, we are selling you a boat service. Boats are very, very, very long boats. We're selling very long boats for which uh, aren't very good for meandering meanders, meand meandering rivers, but they are good for straight canals. Um, so yeah, but you guys can't afford that. But maybe if you subscribe to uh, Long Boats, my Long Boat podcast, uh, will um, or the sidecast. Yeah, I think yeah, this is like an advert for boats, <laughs> and you guys should get buy some boats. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah, you can tell, right? Whoa, I really, I, I really know how to sell things. Just a little ad break. Back, back from the commercial. <laughs> Demented commercials. <laughs> why do you, why do you think side projects are important? Within advertising, especially, it's like it will eat, eat you up, and it's it's kind of it's so, it takes so much of your 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 creative juices, and it just sucks them right up. And like, unless you find a way, for me anyway, unless I find a way of like recharging and like just fi finding just the joy of making things. Outside of that context, I'd just go insane, and I don't, I don't think I could continue doing advertising. So I think it's completely essential. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always, yeah, I'm always pursuing like stuff on the side anyway. If it's not this, this performing thing's relatively new, I think. And how do you balance that? Like, how do you balance your having like a job and then having this kind of like side project? Well, it's hard. Yeah, I'm kind of struggling to be honest. I think. Um, so I've used up a lot of holidays doing it. <laughs> Pretty much all my holidays in the last two years. <laughs> I've been I've been spent going to Edinburgh Festival and Australia and then a few other trips and workshops and stuff. Like I keep just using my holidays basically. Um, but that, yeah, I mean it's quite hard. I think I, I haven't really given myself a proper break from it. So it's it's really quite hard to balance the two. But that's what's great about this. You know, this this is a really cool thing to try and. Um, Explore why people do it and like and and how they can you know how they can actually balance two things like maybe it doesn't have to be two things but how you can balance like other passions alongside uh, your your main way of making money. Oh, we have the kids who are attacking. Yeah, we've. I think we just we've just created an environment where people think. It's a cool place to hang out, you know. <laughs> There's like laptops and equipment up trees and this. Yeah. What's your next kind of like step? Do you have a show that you're gonna be playing on? Or? 
Yeah, yeah, we've got yeah, we've got one. We've, we're gonna be there's, there's the London Clown Festival coming up in May, in as in like three weeks already. So we're gonna get the same same um, same crew from uh, uh, I did uh, the show with in Australia, which is my brother, my brother, and then three uh, three three girls. London Clown Festival, yeah, it's just a, it's what it, yeah, it's basically it's just the whole lot, lot like the clown community coming together, putting on shows, sort of like work in progress shows as well, rather than like the finished articles. Um, so there's that. And then after that, we'll be doing, going back to Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well, which is the best, it's the best place for all things creative. It's wonderful. Just, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, again, it's gonna be really tight. I don't know how I'm gonna do all the, all these things I, I still need to like figure out is to get that like clown brain back on which is why this is good you know you, you're like pulling it out of me again because I think yeah work like doing all the work all the time I just like let it distract me because doing the clown stuff is really really scary and it's really hard to get in that mind space but I do love it so um, do you have a name for your like uh, performance or oh I mean like we're we're called we uh, we we keep changing. We used to be called the S sensitive bricks, and then we were called the, sens the sensitive bricks, like that you build houses with bricks. But we're sensitive ones. We're not hard, you know. We're so we're soft, but we can together. We can build things, great things like a wall. <laughs> and we can keep out horrible things. <laughs> we can let the right things in. Um, no, that was that, and then it, and then after that we became um, a much more like kind of uh, accurate title for what the show was, which was late night nonsense, because we were, we were on at eleven o'clock at night, and yeah, the show was mostly nonsense to be when on it, especially on a bad day. It just looked like it was like an asylum. People were just watching people watching us, you know, failing. Um, but yeah, it wasn't all bad. Um, so that's what we were called, yeah. And then, and then within that, it's like I do, I do a double act with my brother as well. I try it sometimes. We don't, we're still figuring that out. And we're just called the Duncan Brothers. Nice. That's like a perfect name. Yeah, it feels right. It's, it's so simple, but it feels so right. right. The Duncan Brothers. Yeah, definitely. Somehow it's like yes, of course, that's a thing. Yes. The Duncan Brothers. Like it seems like it's already a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're trying to make it a thing. That that's a whole other challenge is like figuring out how to be a double act because like we've we've like gone on this whole journey together from the beginning and we've like pushed each other and uh but then that it's one thing seeing you know your brother up there and then or like doing it yourself and then another like actually figuring out how to do it you know work with a with another person on stage because really neither of us have we have no real performing experience whatsoever so it's all very new we're like we're figuring yeah we're like absolute babies on stage <laughs> another commercial break your favorite commercials uh, no sorry I was doing a commercial break it's fine no, 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 no big do deal <laughs> do you need do, do your feet get cold at home do you do you crave having a, a more organic carpet at home Are you tired of those those woven horrible carpets well, we suggest moss, moss carpets. 
we'll install a, a mossy base to your living room in under in under one month it'll take just one month of your, your time and you'll have a mossy floor that's mossy mossyfloors.co.uk I mean this is the disadvantage of being up a tree I guess Why am I in a tree? There's a nice question. Uh, well, I think I th well I think it's uh, for one. This tree is is pretty beautiful. It's basically a um, a bench, like a kind of three-dimensional bench. That oh, actually all benches are three-dimensional, but this bench is particularly uh, windy and good. I mean, look, it's just made for sitting. One. That's, yeah, it's just more mystical, right? Um, but I mean, also, it's like, uh, I, th I think for me anyway, like, I feel more comfortable where I'm like, you know, in a kind of more, uh, this is like a very peaceful environment to try and open up and talk. And and I think that's a good head start when you're trying to like, you know, for my first ever interview, I figured I've, I can like hug the tree when I get scared and start rambling on. And... That's really beautiful, isn't it? Look at it, with all the leaves and the bird sounds. Yeah, who wants Is us that down the ground? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was I was obsessed with primates actually. That was my thing as a kid. That was like my 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 passion. Yes, primates, like you know, like gorillas, orangutans, capuchin monkeys. I used to love it all and. I just like researched them and had dreams of like hanging out and you know, maybe living up a tree. This is, yeah, this is a good question. It's pretty accurate. Like me, me and my cousin, our, our main dream was like we were going to run away together and live in a tree house in the jungle. And we, we made a vow um, and it, it, it felt like the most clear vision we could ever have. We were like, yes, we'll live up a tree, in the jungle, like living off the jungle. Um, so this is, you know, my first steps. To living my dream. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, maybe I have to adjust a bit. I don't want to just like, maybe not in the middle of the jungle, but like, we're really nice living in a nice tree house. Oh, yeah. So, thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of The Psychas. There's two more episodes until the end of the first season, which is the Wyden and Kennedy special. Um, I'm really sorry again for the sound quality. Uh, just yeah, recording up a tree is a bit complicated, as you can imagine. Uh, but it was really fun, and thanks, uh, thanks, Andy. Uh, you can check out all the photos that Coco did on www.thesidecast.com. And once again, I really would like to remind you guys to support the podcast because this is not this is not my job. This is not Coco's job. We're just doing this because we really love it and we want to do more stuff with it. But for that, we need a little bit more financial support. So if you don't want like shitty advertising in the podcast, please go and support us on Patreon. Even if it's like a euro or whatever, it's just like it just yeah it makes a huge difference for us. And it's Patreon.com/slash/thesidecast. Thanks, guys. Love you and see you soon. Yeah.